You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. I'm on size nothing and back to talk. Bonjour mes amis, bienvenue à Free Speech. Um, C'est un show sur l'internet, un podcast vidéo qui est uh, sponsored by uh, Stand Up Labs in New York. Là. Um, on a fait de, uh, beaucoup de choses, mais on a des, uh, des nouvelles mauvaises uh, ce matin. Là. Uh, tu sais, le, le gars là, de Crow Mags, uh, c'est quoi son nom encore? Ah oui, uh, John Joseph. Um, John Joseph isn't going to make it today, folks. He has had a death in the family and has to leave town for a funeral. He will be rescheduled until next week, which means we've got an hour of unadulterated gav. Undiluted gav. There is no cure for gaviitis, and you're about to become infected with the G. Um, I've got a few things I want to talk about today, but we're going to jump right into it. We'll be taking Skype calls at, uh, what's, how do the people Skype here? At Free Speech Podcast, and I actually have the, uh, I have it up right now so they can see it on the live stream. Good, so if I run out of shit to say, um, or uh, uh, I'm starting to become boring, Uh, we'll start taking calls. And again, with the calls, we don't need any compliments. Uh, please have a point. Um, I'm on Adderall, which I like to call Daderall, because you need it to be to have three kids and be 44 these days. And I've been drinking Red Bull and coffee, so I don't see there being a break in the dialogue. But uh, we'll just have that as a stopgap measure. Um, today, I want to talk about a dude that uh, I just read about this morning. I think his name is Razib Khan. They've got funny names over there in India and in Bangladesh. Razib. I think it, Chris Hayes was on TV recently saying race doesn't exist. And <laughs> it's funny how he was confronted with the hypocrisy of that statement by bitching about racism all day. So race doesn't exist, yet racism is a huge problem. And black pride is a thing and all that stuff. He likes all the good stuff that helps him you know, have a career. But when it comes down to the science, he's a science denialist. He is a, he's a race change denier. Um, and uh, I find it interesting uh, that Indians are one of the non-white races that I like the most. And I learned recently that they're the same as us. And as far as genetic footprints go, uh, a, a scientist would be very hard-pressed to tell the difference between an Indian and a white guy. I guess we come from the Caucasus Mountains, right? I guess we're Caucasians. Anyway, the fact that their names sound funny, like Razib Khan, if I'm even getting that right, maybe uh, that's the names we would have come up with if things had spun a little differently. Like the name Cao Ching Shi Tzu, we never would have come up with in a million years. In fact, you'll notice if you learn any Chinese, you'll say it perfectly to the Chinese person, like, Wu Chi Lao Shi. And they'll go, ah, what? And you'll go, and your toes are like this in your shoes, like, Wu Chi Lao Shi. And they're like, I'm sorry. And, and then they'll go, oh, Wu Chi Lao Shi. And you're like, that's what I fucking said. We, our G DNA is so different that we can't understand each other's language. You don't get a lot of white people who speak Mandarin without an accent. But anyway, this is all a long tangent to talk about the least interesting part about this guy, which is his name. 
his race is far more interesting. Gawker recently, that bastion of of uh, of investigative journalism, Gawker, a guy who calls himself, uh, what is it now? He's J.K. Turret. He's got a, a fun sort of acronym first name, so he can just dump that reputation if he ever wants to get a job after Gawker. Um, J.K. Turret discovered all this stuff about Razib after... Can you look up if that's his real name? I think it's racist to keep saying someone's name wrong. Um, people do that with Osama Obama a lot. Uh, so he gets a job as an op-ed writer at the New York Times, this guy. I assume Khan is, it's a, a big name in Pakistan. Maybe his parents are Muslim Pakistani immigrants. Anyway, the t it's ironic because the Times obviously started with that. They went, weird name, okay, we let's flesh out our weird name contributors. What's this guy's deal? Razib Khan. Razib Khan. Yeah. So uh, he's a scientist. Uh, he's getting his PhD, I believe. Okay, super smart, ethnic name. Does he blog a lot? Yeah. Oh, great. Prolific, smart scientist, so he'll know his facts. Done. So they just throw him in the pile. And then Gawker, like their target audience, these millennials, are just fucking jonesing for racism. It's like vampires with blood when vampirism is illegal. Well, I guess today. It's like a vampire if he was al alive today. There's not a lot of legal blood you can get. So they have to fucking synthesize it, which I think vampires do. Don't they do that on the HBO show? Do they make fake blood? You could probably synthesize it, guys. If there's any vampires out there, you guys are, what, 700 years old? <laughs> Have some of you take chemistry for like 100 years, which is nothing for you, a seventh of your life, and fucking uh, figure out how to make synthetic blood. Anyway, so they get this guy, and uh, they discover that he's written for V-Dare, which has been linked to racism because someone else who wrote for V-Dare uh, didn't shy away from the word. Ergo, anyone who writes for it is racist. And uh, they discovered that he writes for the site I write for, Tacky Mag, and that was linked to John Derbyshire, and he's been linked to racism. Ergo, Razib Khan is a racist. <laughs> and, and that is high, a high school logical fallacy that we all learned in school. It's called guilt by association. I think there's, there's a half a dozen of them you should memorize. Straw man is in there. And the association argument is all cats are mammals, all dogs are mammals, all cats are not dogs. Pretty simple. But the culture of fear is so intense in America today, more intense than it was in the early 2000s, I'd argue, it's so intense that he lost his job. So this guy's out of a job. And the guy who got him fired, uh, his real name's Keenan Turret. He sent me uh, an email, actually, this morning. And we're going to meet earlier this week. I wonder if he just wants to meet to fight. It's funny, when you get older, that's so not scary. Because you just go, all right, win or lose, now we just had a fight and you're wrong. We're still... In this, we have the same predicament we started with. You're ruining people's lives to further your shitty career, uh, a, a job that's writing about writers, which is pretty depressing. Um, and this, I don't understand the justification for it, and that's why I'm going to meet him, because I am genuinely curious about this kind of guy. It's, it's funny that, that the impetus for his witch hunt is finding extremists. 
And extremists are people who, you know, burn crosses on your lawn and fuck up your life. But I would argue that these liberal bloggers, these social justice warriors, are the new extremists. They're the ones that fuck up people's lives. They're the ones that threaten people's families. I mean, when I made my transphobic comments, they were uh, publishing my home address saying, happy hunting. You know, you don't hear about the KKK doing that anymore. You hear about the KKK a lot. A lot of talk about this group of 12 old guys from the South. They're a real threat to society. But as far as actual threats go, I'd argue it's these kids. And uh, Jim Goad said that to me when I was bitching about Muslims. Uh, he thinks that I'm totally biased against Islam because of 9-11, because I was here. And uh, he goes, I know you're traumatized by 9-11, but no terrorist has ever fucked with your life. No Muslims ever fucked with your life. Liberals, on a daily basis, have set out to fuck with your life in every way, from... Uh, your profession life, your home life, your marriage, your friendships, your fucking bar, my restaurant. They, they messed with my restaurant because I shouldn't serve fried chicken anymore. It's interesting that uh, we live in a culture where, you know, the accountant uh, is denying Armenian genocide. Ergo, you shouldn't shop at that brand's outlets. Uh, anyone remotely associated with the company makes that company evil. And we saw this with my favorite example, Brendan Eich, fired for donating to uh, an organization that was anti-gay marriage, a position that Hillary and Obama proudly supported a couple years before. But now you can't use that browser. And, I mean, there are cases where that is, you know, logical. If there's a, a Jewish group who's accepting money to support Israel and we find out that the leader is a Nazi who vandalized synagogues at night, I don't think you should fund that group. That group is fraudulent. So we've taken that sort of grain of truth and then extrapolated it into what is fascism. And I, I, I saw this with punk rock a lot. There's a, an anarcho-punk band called Oi Polloi, and uh, I saw... I actually flew them down to Ottawa, Canada for these festivals we used to have in the punk days called Rock Against Racism, which was started by The Clash. And uh, so these guys were fucking extreme lefty anarchists. They went so far left that they only sing in Gaelic because that's the oppressed language of their people. And it got into Save the Whales and still fucking great songs, but hard to stomach when you hear the, the mentality behind it. And I remember the singer... Uh, what the fuck is his name? Dirk or Grit or something. And he, they're Scottish. And he's like, this song is about fascism. And this song goes out to those people who say they listen to Screwdriver. That's a white power band. They listen to Screwdriver and they don't agree with the music, but they like the songs. <coughs> he would choke on stage because of his accent. And uh, he goes, see that? That's not tolerable. See those people? If they say they like Screwdriver, you got to put them in the fucking hospital. And everyone goes, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. We have to put people in the hospital if they listen to music where the lyrics are things we don't agree with? How the fuck did we get here? And that extremist anarcho-punk mentality is now permeated over to the New York fucking Times where this guy is getting fired for associating with bad guys. And here's something really amazing about this. God. This Red Bull is delicious. That's our sponsor, by the way. Just kidding. They cut ties with me after uh, I got in a fight with one of the secretaries for masturbating too much. No, that's not true. Um, 
the guy who's vilifying this dude, Khan, is white, right? And he he does something millennials do a lot, which is wear cardigans. I don't get why everyone is so fucking cold all the time. I wish people could be more cold. You can't wear Christmas sweaters anymore. I can't. My wife has it up to 70, and she thinks that's low. My office is in the high 70s, and every office I go to is in the high 70s. You can't wear a sweater anymore, and it, that's not a good look. Having a V-neck sweater with a suit makes you look super smart and British, and it's really common in Britain. It even has a nice kind of skinhead vibe, but uh, that's ruined now with these high temperatures. Yet these millennials keep wearing their fucking soft, cuddly cardigans and their little Clark Desert boot soft leather shoes and their corduroys. They just, they look like uh, stuffed animals. Anyway, that's his vibe. And uh, this dude, Razib, uh, I'm not that familiar with his writing, but I can tell what he's like, and he has autism. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm realizing in my old age, everyone's smart, everyone's successful, Everyone who does anything remotely STEM-ish is on the spectrum. And that includes people on Fox News, people on TV, people who are driven to work 12 hours a day, ER doctors, all these guys, surgeons, all Asperger's. And a lot of them are becoming open about it. Like Charles C. Johnson, the journalist at GotNews.com, he keeps getting insulted on Twitter because he's fucking... (laughs) He takes no prisoners. He attacks the right, the left. He's mocking the head of Hobby Lobby now, who is like a god in the conservative scene. Um, He's mocking her because he has evidence that she's been having affairs at these uh, CPACs, at these conservative conferences. Apparently she's been fucking people. So he just plows through her, which conservatives hate, especially this close to an election. So he's everyone's enemy. And he he says on Twitter recently, he goes, I uh, am autistic. So when you insult me, it's like insulting a mannequin. I don't feel it. And I've noticed that with a lot of dudes. I'll be talking to successful young scientists, conservatives, anyone, you know, libertarians who really understand the economy, and they always sort of look off in the distance and play with their hair, and I don't want to do it to my hair because my hair is perfectly sculpted, but by the time you're done talking, they have this weird sort of fuzzy bowl that they've turned their hair into. It's got the static hairs sticking up because they're all fucking... Even John Stossel the other day on on Fox, he, he had two guests, and he said to Catherine Timp after they were done shooting, he goes... Uh, that was really good. And then he turns to the other girl and he says, you said again too much, which she totally looks up to this guy and that's crushing. And then he realizes, oh, I hurt a human's feelings. So he goes, sorry, I have Asperger's. <laughs> Not laughing though. They don't laugh, those guys. So anyway, I think Razib is just another one of these autistic dudes who, by the way, did well with being wedgied in the 70s when I was young. But uh, we need to revere these guys. They put food on our table. And I'm not talking about nerds when Bradley Cooper puts on Ray-Ban glasses and calls them. I mean nerds. People who have trouble socializing. People who uh, don't get jokes and love the way Data does from Star Trek. These guys are the innovators. They created the cameras I'm talking into right now. So I'm not saying that we outlaw bullying because that seems to work for them. But I am saying I speak about Asperger's and autism with the utmost respect. I wish I could be that smart. When I hang out with these guys, like Reason Magazine parties, I am fucking lost. Okay, they have all done their research. I slept through my entire academic career, and I don't even really know what a bill is. Okay. Um, 
So this guy is one of these autistic nerds, and these guys, I've seen this a million times, they stumble in to political incorrectness via science without knowing that they're in a, a minefield. And it happened recently with this Japanese guy who was studying aesthetic beauty, and he interviewed thousands of people showing them different pictures of different types of people, and unfortunately, uh, black lesbians came out at the bottom of the list as far as attractiveness. I disagree, by the way. My personal tastes must err from the norm because I think they're delicious. But uh, bull, Black Bulldike seemed to uh, do badly in, in his survey. This meant nothing to him because he has Asperger's, he has autism. So he sort of just publishes his findings and he was fucking vilified because in this day and age, science, despite all these uh, lefties talking about uh, climate change and science denial, science is racist and sexist. It is sexist to tell a woman that her ovaries are running out after 40. At, at the hospital where my first uh, was born in Beth Israel, my wife, who was over 30, was pushed through a door, and it said geriatric mothers on the door. I swear to you, a woman over 30 is considered in science in the medical community a geriatric mother. That's sexist. And I don't know how many times I've heard my old female friends come back with this face, after talking to their doctor and him saying, oh, 38, eh? Kind of past the finish line there. Uh, it's not looking, it's possible. It's unlikely, however, that you'll ever have kids. Because, and then they have their anecdotal evidence. Oh, my friend's 45. She fucking had kids after she spent $15,000 on in vitro. Sorry, lady. The general medical pattern may be sexist, but uh, you're not looking great for kids. And we see this time and time again, and I love it. Because mathematics has hit the far left. And we see it with the law, too. Justice has fit, hit the far left, like rape. You go, okay, we've got rape kits, we've got evidence, we've got DNA, we can do everything. Come to us if you're raped. We've been working on this for a long fucking time. We've always hated rape. And we've got a pretty good infrastructure for putting these guys in jail. And by the way, when we catch them, we fucking nail them. Oh, but cops, they go, no, 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 no. The cop who raped that dude with a fucking plunger got 15 years. He's, no, sorry, 15 years is the norm. He got 30 years. He's still in jail. We're mean to rapists, trust me. But then you have Emma Sokowicz going, well, I was having normal sex, then I had butt sex, and then years later I went, nah, I didn't like that. Can I call that rape? Oh, the justice system goes, no. So they go, okay, I'm inventing a new thing now. I want to just take care of this at NYU at the college without going to the cops because that makes me uncomfortable. And I see that as the same as science makes me uncomfortable. Facts, reality, fact-checking, doing your due diligence, all that stuff sucks. And it hurts the narrative. And that is communism in a nutshell. I have this theory. It's for the greater good. I'm going to enforce it at all costs. I cannot allow debate. I cannot allow fact-checking. I can't Get, let any sunlight disinfect this. I have to keep this in a box, and we cannot discuss it ever because this has to make it to the end of the line. And if anyone gets in the way, run them over. And that's what's happened with this fucking witch hunt with this poor brown boy who I assume is such an autistic nerd that he wandered into a minefield and said something about race or sex or rape or fucking history or genetics and he got in tons of shit. Now, Chris Hayes can follow the narrative and say, race doesn't exist, 
But racism does exist. And instead of seeing that as a problem with his theory, he goes, it is the ultimate paradox. And then just plows forward with his theory. Meanwhile, Chris, we are now at the point where we can take a piece of DNA, right? A fucking piece of skin and make a mugshot of the criminal with features, everything. We don't know exactly what his haircut will be, but we know age, race, everything. Now, if it's a white guy and an Indian guy, we're going to get the facial features pretty good, but we might get the skin tone a little off. Race exists. Sorry, science exists. How about I'll give you climate change, even though I don't believe it, uh, if you give me all the other scientific things that make you feel uncomfortable, and then we'll deal with climate change later on. Is that a deal? The other stunning irony about all this is it's a white guy vilifying a brown guy. And I think that's because outside of his autism, these brownies uh, and race mixers and Jews and people who are, have white skin but are actually ethnic on the inside, um, these people are brave enough to talk about this subject, you know, in a, with no holds barred. And so it's a shock to hear them talk this way, so we vilify them. But racism and, and political correctness has become a white fashion trend. It's like being gluten-free, uh, and that's all it is. In fact, it's worse than a fashion trend. It's a religion, and that they are looking for pariahs. These people are accidentally brave enough to say these unthinkable things, so we attack them. So what we have is a bunch of white people, upper middle class, like our boy uh, J.K. Tutter, what's his name? Keenan fucking. They're always. I've noticed, by the way, these guys are always Southern, upper middle class guys who fucking hate rednecks. Probably bullied in college, and they move up to New York to shit on anything they see as remotely redneck. His name is Razib Khan. Razib Khan, but the guy who, who pilloried him and lost him his job is J.K. Tutter, Keenan Tutter. Um, and uh, it's always these rich white dudes attacking visible minorities, race mixers, Jews. So it looks like the 50s. It looks like the 40s. J.K. Trotter. Trotter, sorry. Very posh British name, Trotter. Probably named from horseshoes back during the entertaining of the king. We have a Trotter. A Trotter's just come in from Herefordshire. Yes, he's the, the great, great, great grandfather of a boy yet to be born who we will call eventually J.K. He'll be fighting the good fight abroad in one of the colonies. He's a Trotter. Kukloop, kukloop, kukloop. Um, back in the 40s and 50s, you had a bunch of white dudes chasing race mixers, Jews, fucking people who, nigger lovers, fucking all these disgusting race traders screaming at them, fucking you mud babies, just chasing them down the street. If you took a snapshot of that, right, and you showed it to someone today, you'd say, oh, that looks like political correctness. It's white dudes chasing visible minorities, race mixers, and I know this sounds crazy, but hear me out. Take Naomi Schaefer Riley. She is married to a black guy. She's got black children. Uh, she was fired from an educational site for making fun of black PhDs. Uh, in black studies, they have these ridiculous, they're off at a liberal tangent with their stupid words like intersectionality and hegemony and how everything in the fucking world is racist, so it'll be an examination of the history of chocolate bars through a Marxist dialectic, <coughs> begging to be mocked. So she's an academic expert. She mocks this. Now, I'm not, I'm not one to assign an agenda to anyone, but I would 
guess that she doesn't want a, an academia where blacks get a pass and they can write idiotic dissertations and get PhDs because people won't value their PhDs anymore. And if her black kids are going to go to school, she would like their PhDs to fucking mean something. But because she made fun of something that was black, she lost her job. Now, this is someone who loves black people so much, she fornicates with one and then made three from scratch. I get this a lot, too. I fucking made three American Indians from scratch. I created three. And uh, I get a lot of shit from racists for that. And to them, I say, I'm cleaning up their Indian race. My boy has blonde hair. When he marries a white, they'll be totally clean. No, but seriously, folks, uh, race mixers like me, uh, Naomi schaefer Ali, John Derbyshire, who was also, and one of the reasons Razib Khan was fired is because he was on a site that John Derbyshire wrote for. Now, John Derbyshire was fired because there's a thing called the talk, where black, we talked about this the other day, where blacks say, okay, son, you're old enough to know. The world hates you. There's a thing called racism. Everywhere you turn, you'll be thwarted. So fight, 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 or you'll die. <laughs> Cops will shoot you. <laughs> Great, really inspiring talk to have to a, to a child. Uh, John Derbyshire did one for his kid that was basically the same, but it was to his Chinese boy. Uh, he was vilified for that because it didn't fit the narrative, and everyone threw him under the bus, including conservatives. National Review, everyone said, fuck him, his statements are indefensible. And once again, we had white people shitting on a race mixer. Uh, so that's two. We got Jim Goad, who's commonly called uh, a white supremacist. This guy's neighborhood is black as coal. His kids go to black schools, black supermarket, black neighborhood. He ha doesn't. He hates white liberals more than anything. So he's perfectly content to be in black areas. He's the snowflake in his neighborhood. Uh, we also have Jared Taylor, who is seen as the worst, worst guy in the world. He's David Duke, basically. This guy... You know, his whole life is affected. He goes to the grocery store, whisper, whisper, there's the white supremacist. Jared D Taylor, as far as I'm concerned, is Japanese. He was born in Japan. His parents are missionaries. And he talks like an old-timey movie because I think he learned English. J Japanese is his first language. I think he learned English from old movies. So he says, well, I'm under the impression that eventually... You know, IQ and race will not be seen as a taboo. I mean, it's uh, we're told the tests are culturally biased, but Asians keep coming out on top. So in that sense, uh, they're uh, uh, yellow supremacist tests, really. I, I, I mean, so this guy, when you hear him talk, you're really just hearing a Japanese person's views coming from a white head. So we have Japanese dude, all black neighborhood, or Leslie Arfin, she'll hate being associated with these people, but she's a Jewish girl who used to write for the show Girls, back when Girls came out and the fucking blogs were so jealous that people were making it, their peers, that they just wanted to fucking drag them back down. Instead of saying, good work, Lena Dunham, you did it. You made a feminist show and you're kind of chubby and you're nude in it all the time. Finally, one of us makes it. No, they were like, this is nepotism. One of the girls in it, she's the daughter of the drummer from Bad Company. Ergo... <laughs> you know Bad Company If you know anyone in Bad Company they, did the, they had one hit, Feels Like Making Love You can just walk into any restaurant Walk into the United Nations Go to the White House, sit down with the President Bad Company are the Illuminati of the country And anyone associated with them Especially their next to kin They can be on anything they want 
Anyway, hipster racism was the term for that show because there wasn't enough blacks in it. It's a show about shallow, rich, white girls who don't have enough diversity in their lives. Lena Dunham is portraying herself negatively as a shallow, shitty person, and she gets in shit for not having enough black friends. That's the point! That's who she's... She's being a bad person! Turns me into Mr. Bill when shit like this happens because... She's one of them. She's on their side and they fucking eat their own. They eat their young. They're like coyotes. So Leslie Arfin, hipster racist, just for not kowtowing, by the way. She didn't even create the characters that were all white. She just simply didn't kowtow and say, I'm so sorry. Not apologizing is being a racist. And Jim Norton said that before. He goes, if you're not 100% with him, you're 100% against him. So to go back to my crazy analogy where I had this photo from the 50s of white races chasing race mixers and freaks and Jews and guys who were born in Japan and nigger lovers and blah, blah, blah. That is political correctness today. It's white guys like Keenan Trotter chasing brown guys like Razib Khan and saying, fuck you, you don't fit the narrative, You've associated with freaks before. Are we getting a high pitch sound? I hear a wee. Don't worry, that's not coming through the microphone. It's coming through I'm on this fucking caffeine cycle where my throat goes dry because I'm talking too much because I'm high on caffeine. And then I have to chug Red Bull to get my throat par- unparched. And then I'm more high on caffeine. Then I'm talking faster until you just have a neck that looks like Ronald Reagan's, one of those weird turkey necks. And by the way, if there's any uh, 80-year-olds out there uh, today, grow a fucking beard, dude. We, we are sick of looking at that weird skin hanging down. I mean, middle-aged women wear turtlenecks, and we didn't even ask them to. We don't really care about that because it's not as bad. But old men have evolved the ability to make beards for a reason. We don't want to see your scrotal skin hanging down. It's disturbing. It's like, uh, uh, what's his name? The egghead from uh, Ricky Gervais's little buddy uh, said, Rupert Murdoch looks like a turtle with his shell off. When you get to this age, you want to hide your face. I hide my crow's feet with glasses that I don't really need. I hide my shitty chin with a beard. I, I hide my gross, withering scalp by growing out the front and slicking it back like a comb over. You want to basically hide at this age, and it's not because you're ashamed. It's because you don't want people to feel nauseous when you walk down the street. It's like being a burn victim or the elephant man. At least he had the, the manners to wear a p- pillowcase on his head with two little holes cut out. Years later, the same disease, cranial dysplasia, we had Rocky Dennis from Mask who had no such manners and was just running around his high school, scaring the shit out of everyone. Uh, Someone points out uh, on his first day at high school when Dozer dropped him off at school, someone said, hey, when are you gonna take off your mask? Valid question. You know, when are you gonna stop freaking us out with your enormous skull, which obviously means you're gonna die soon, so you're making us think of death while we're trying to concentrate on our studies. And Rocky grabs this poor boy, slams him up against a wall, and says, I'll take off my mask when you take off your mask. Handsome young man, that, that insult doesn't make any sense. Violent boy, grew up with bikers. I, I, I'm not one to glorify the old days, but I gotta be honest. The way they dealt with cranial dysplasia back in the elephant, man, elephant man's time was a lot better. We need more burkas. Less fucking gross, 
ginger perms, crimped hair, and jean jackets strutting around, trying to date someone like Laura Dern. You think you're going to get Laura Dern? Her, I like the way her parents were the bad guys, too, when they showed up. Dude, you're a freak. Your girlfriend's blind. I don't care how well you get on with each other. A, you're dying. <laughs> B, everyone's going to go, you know Laura, that blind chick? Yeah, I bet her husband's a real looker. Dude, her husband's a circus freak. And then they would go, oh, my God. So now she's a freak, too, because a blind woman's dating an ugly guy. He, she'd be way be he'd be way better with someone who had normal eyesight. And then they could go, oh, she's cool with it. It's like if Stevie Wonder had no pants on. You wouldn't go, oh, he's a nudist. You'd go, oh, my God, some asshole forgot to tell him to put pants on. Wait till he feels a breeze on his balls. He's going to be fucking embarrassed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I wanted to get off my chest today is... These guys who go on these witch hunts and <clears throat> it's never like this guy, Razib, pisses me off. He's an op-ed writer for the Times. Op-ed, by the way. Op is short for opinion, okay? This guy is not decreeing dictums from his throne that everyone has to follow. He's not carving shit in stone. He is throwing out some well-researched opinions. And yes, he has fraternized with people who have controversial opinions. That's your job if you're an opinion hawker. You're supposed to have been to the edge, or else you're just a publicist. If you're preaching to the converted, that's called PR, okay? That's not stimulating anyone. We're not learning anything. It's like Dateline last night. I'm watching their fucking take on Robert Durst, and they just showed a bunch of HBO clips. They didn't have anything new. I don't need that. I would like to see someone defend Durst. Hey, the world's overpopulated. Uh, snitches need to get stitches. Fucking that neighbor was too nosy. He was a fucking loser. Chop him up. Uh, his wife was a pain in the ass. Uh, you know, I don't agree with that, but I would like to maybe hear that if you're going to offer me something new. I'm familiar with the Robert Durst is a fucking psychopath who wears black contact lenses. I don't know what's going on with that guy's eyes. Why are they all pupil? Uh, who murders people and that's bad. Got it. Okay, so this guy now, this Indian dude, this Pakistani j little fucking nerdy genius has been stifled and his whole career now is off boom, at a 45 degree trajectory. Now, he's obviously smart. He'll do well. But who knows where the New York Times op-ed thing could have led, you know, and these saboteurs who want to shut people down, these witch hunters, they never want to debate anyone. They always want to shut it down. I remember there was this Asian chick. What's her name? Kate Bryant, I think. Just some, it's, you know, it's surprising when you meet a dumb Asian, but she uh, was out sabotaging me long before transphobia and emailing the clients of my ad agency, calling me a bigot. And it was all based on this thing. I read an article about white privilege, and we're all familiar with the invisible backpack. It's the new catchphrase. By the way, there's a newer one. It's white fragility. If you get mad about being called a racist, uh, you're exposing your white fragility. And once again, this is all white people making up these terms and making money off these terms. It's white female academics, I assume post-divorce, getting some sort of uh, custody payments, some sort of, uh, what do you call it, alimony? Um, and just sort of pontificating. It's good currency. It's, it's the same as global warming. If you an are an alarmist and you say there's a crisis here, you get money. If you say everything's fine, you don't get paid. Um, so yeah, a woman came with white fragility, but back in the invisible backpack days, the glory days, uh, you know, a year ago, 
I read this article about white privilege and how we don't know what it's like to have someone grab a purse and we don't know what it's like to be the richest people in the country and we don't know what it's like to always uh, feel safe on a train and blah, blah, blah and be able to go on <laughs> vacation or whatever. And I realized every single thing in this list applies to Asians. Like, Asians don't know what it's like to have someone grab their purse and Asians do way better than any race in America, even the dirt poor Cambodian immigrant who comes in here eventually ends up kicking ass and taking names and fucking his kids go off and become very well educated. So I don't think that's a problem either, by the way. But everything you can say about white privilege is Asian privilege. So I just did an edit replace and put the word Asian where the word white was and got this fucking tsunami of a backlash. And... Uh, Asians are very savvy on the old computers. You don't want to fuck with them. It's like Gamergate. When they said that gamers are uh, racist, sexist, whatever, you, are, you might as well kick a keyboard in the nuts and say, what are you going to do? Come at me, bro. And Jimmy Kimmel noticed this too when he uh, allowed a child to say, kill all the Chinese and got, including the Chinese government, attacking him. Um, and, you know, the, the irony was lost on them. It was, it was just, it was the same thing Jonathan Swift went through when he suggested that poor Irish eat their young. Uh, and this chick, Kate, was part of that mob. And uh, she said she uh, wanted to attack, attack all my uh, company's clients. So I'm, I was the creative director, but you don't want to work with an ad agency where someone makes a joke about white privilege and subs in Asian in the word. So you don't want them to help you sell pants. That's the logic there. And she messed with my Wikipedia page too, I noticed. And I caught her and I emailed her. I go, did you just fuck with my Wikipedia page? And she goes, oh yes, and I see I'm being censored. And I go, you really are a catch. And then uh, uh, I go, I'd love to meet you just uh, so I could scream at her. And uh, she goes, uh, I don't think I want to meet with a bigot, thank you. And then I looked into it more and she said, I'm working on a documentary about the wage gap. And I go, the wage gap, that's something that is one Google click away. Women make more than men when they're single and young. They only make less than men when they have families and they choose to go to their daughter's piano recital rather than work on a proposal all night. Everyone knows that, but you keep hearing politicians, even Obama, repeat this 71 cents bullshit. And it is so fucking easy to refute. I get mad because I go, you obviously don't care about this. You just like bitching. Because if you cared, you would have looked it up. And then I look up this bitch's uh, uh, profile, and uh, she's got a Kickstarter for this documentary. And it's probably still not made. This always happens with these crusaders. They want to shut you down. They want Khan to be fired, okay? But they don't have their own business. They, and I'm surprised this dude's employed at Gawker. Usually, they're unemployed, they have their own blog, and they have a Kickstarter campaign. And they're just asking for money. This this uh, trans kid, uh, what the fuck's his name? Uh, anyway, he was a big part of my beef. And he's now unemployed because he told some other tranny to, to uh, drink bleach and die. And now he's on his own site soliciting CD reviews. If you'd like me to review your CD, please send me money, which I assume is going to be 20 bucks. Uh, probably takes about 80 bucks of labor to enable that transaction. So... These people aren't really for justice and equality and all this shit. They're really just vindictive, jealous little dicks who are anti-capitalism. They're anti-business. They're anti... They don't want this country to prosper just because they're vindictive. 
And you saw this with Thatcher's administration where they were mad at her because the gap between rich and poor was bigger after her tenure. And as she pointed out, she goes, but the poor are richer. I brought everyone up. So you would rather have both go down and the gap be closer than both go up and the gap be bigger. And that just sums up the socialist mentality so well. They would rather people were not extraordinary and all suffer equally than for the bottom to do better and some guys to do fucking awesome. I actually saw that in a Gawker article once. They said, should Bill Gates have a $70 million book? Because he owns Leonardo da Vinci's sketchbook and it's 70 million bucks. Should he own that? This guy is hemorrhaging bank accounts over to Africa to, cu to cure malaria, but not using DDT. We don't want to use chemicals to, to stop mosquitoes. We all know that when you go fishing, the last thing you do is put on bug dope. No, you put a big net around yourself and fucking eat bananas because they have potassium. No, no. You, so this guy is a villain in this world because he has a $70 million book. Dude, it's all relative. If you're fucking rich, you're allowed to have a fancy book, okay? It's none of your fucking business. And that's what I would say to all these crusaders trying to shut people down. If you have a problem with his ideas, if you have a problem with his op-ed column, please debate him. And I talk to all these people, and they are fucking, they're as desperate for a debate as these witch hunters are desperate for a bona fide racist. And neither gets what they want. Neither gets to sit down. One of the few times I actually did see this happen was um, John Carney uh, is a friend of mine, uh, one of the few sane born and raised New Yorkers, and he uh, w was part of these debates that would happen. And they would happen in, in bars and basements because debating in New York is to flirt with the enemy. And uh, the debate I went to was about gun control. And it was the editor of Field and Stream at the time and some gay dude who hadn't done any research at all. And it was, a, it was a microcosm of the, the problem with dialogue in this country. And it was the problem, of, it's like they say we want to have an open conversation about race, yet Chris Hayes can say that genetic mugshots are an impossibility. He can deny science. So we obviously don't want a thorough discussion about anything uncomfortable in this country. That's something I'll get to later. But anyway, in this debate in the basement, fucking... Uh, the field and stream guy goes, look, uh, yes, guns have caused deaths, but uh, that's less than, you know, uh, kids accidentally drinking poison. It's, a, it's less than doctors accidentally killing kids. It's not even a fraction of auto accidents. Uh, and the vast majority of them are in the hood, single mothers where gangsters' boyfriends have left their fucking piece lying around, and some black kid picks it up and blows his head off. It's not, as the commercials depict, a giant mansion in Montclair, New Jersey, where a rich white kid shoots his rich white sister. Um, and he said, the real stats that no one brings up is the millions of crimes prevented, not just from a woman holding a gun and saying, don't rape me, but for the knowledge that a gun might be in the equation. Like Arizona, you can just fucking go to a gun store and buy a gun, put it on your person. And their crime, when they enacted that law, their crime plummeted 30%. Boom. I was just there, and there's signs all over the tourist areas saying you can't bring a gun in here. This is a private place. And that is tourists like me coming from the northeast, coming from the coastal cities, and not getting the math of guns and just going, I want to feel safer in a gun-free zone because there's never shootings in a gun-free zone. You don't see shootings at fucking... Batman theaters that have gun-free zones or schools. Um, 
So this guy explains all that, and that's his point. And then the other dude goes, are we like serious? Like, are we seriously having this conversation? I mean, this is insane. It's like, how many gun deaths are there a year? Like, guns, bang, a bullet comes out. Like, look at all the murders. They're not using sponges. They're using guns. And then he says, and these people, they call themselves gun nuts. I mean, they're aware that they're insane. And then the other guy goes, you don't think it's possible they're a little self-aware when they use the term gun nuts to describe themselves? And, he, and then the other guy's come back to that was, so this is what happens when the gawker bloggers of the world actually confront these guys. It doesn't go well for them because they haven't looked it up because they don't genuinely care. They never Googled it. They just like the culture of feeling good. It's partisan, it's sports. The left is the Dallas Cowboys and the right is the New England Patriots. And when you say, oh, uh, you know, Bill Clinton fucked a chick in the cunt with a cigar, they go, oh yeah, George Bush did coke. You go, I don't care, I didn't like George Bush. Why are, I'm not playing this fucking sports game. Why do you, why do you always wanna one up us with your team side? I wanna have a debate about the facts and if I'm wrong, Fucking hallelujah. Now I'm smarter. Now I know more than I knew when I was coming into the debate. Let's all get smarter together. But no, no, we have to stifle it. People need to get fired. Fucking this, I keep calling him Khan because I can't remember if his name's Razib or not. Change your name. If you move to this country, change your name to Mike. When I taught English in China, I called all my kids Michael Jordan, every single one. And they loved it because they love Michael Jordan. Very easy name to remember. Mike, Michael Jordan. You in the corner. You, young lady, Michael Jordan. And then they'd sing a song that I taught them, and they'd learn English. Okay, so that's uh, really all I wanted to get into with that Razib dude. I think we could, can we take calls? Should we do that? Yeah, people could Skype in right now. Skype in, I'm putting it back up. It's uh, at um, Free Speech Podcast on Skype. Uh, hit us up right now. I assume that the callers will be millennials, because millennials are the only people... Savvy enough to call old dudes like myself don't even really get Skype. We don't like Skype. Canadians are big into Skype. Well, maybe we'll set up a phone number next week, too, so we can have both options. Yeah, okay. Here's, my, here's the, the real issue with millennials, and it, I'm genuinely worried about it. And it links to free speech. Uh, Greg Lukianoff talks about this in his book, Freedom From Speech. There's a softification of America going on here. And it's, it used to be called the pussification. And I don't have a problem with that word, by the way. John Joseph, we were going to talk about his book, Meat is for Pussies, that he got in a lot of trouble with about because it's seemingly sexist to say that. Ladies, a pussy is something nice that you want to lick that is soft, okay? You want to kiss it and it's beautiful. You want to lie on it, maybe. You want to just stare at its beautiful orchidness, especially if uh, she doesn't have too big a bat wings. And... By the way, no disrespect to women who have big, huge labia. Some guys like that. I like more like a razor slit where it just looks like a Chinese person lying on her side. I mean her eyeball. No epicanthic folds, just uh, A guy doesn't want to be that, okay? So just because a guy doesn't want to be called a pussy doesn't mean a pussy is a negative thing overall, okay? It's like saying, dude, don't be a fucking raisin. Come over here. That doesn't mean we hate raisins. We love raisins. Look, fun little snack on the train. Pop a raisin in your mouth. Chew, chew, chew. Makes you regular. It's wonderful. So pussies are vaginas that are attached to women. 
they can be used to negatively describe a man without being a negative thing per se, okay? Anyway, I don't like pussification of um, America because the softification of America includes women wearing pajamas to the airport and bringing a stuffed animal. T- 25-year-old women are fucking going through customs today with a stuffed motherfucking animal. Now, I think eight, the stuffed animal is waning, okay? Stuffed animal is up to four, six, even my son's six. He has a teddy bear, but if he forgets it when he goes upstate, he's like, oh, I'll see him when I get back. He can have some, some, his name's Joe. Joe can have some alone time. I'll have my time. It'll be fun when we see each other on Monday while we'll these stories. But 25, maybe time to cut the cord. And these fuckers will lie down at the gate, at the terminal, and sleep on the ground with their fucking slippers on. Now, denim is a a twill. It's a cotton twill. What is so uncomfortable about fucking denim? We're not asking you to wear an Academy Awards dress. But when when this culture of softification becomes so prevalent, it drifts from the physical into the mental. And excuse me if I've said this before, but I will be doing a lot of repeating on this show because I have to hammer this home, okay? You let the Rolling Stones sing Satisfaction every year. I should be able to repeat myself on the free speech show. Softification physically leads to softification mentally. And these people are incapable of exercising their brains. Getting into an argument, getting into a fight, debating someone is a going into the ring with your brains. You come out stronger, smarter, faster. That's actually a terrible analogy because boxers end up brain dead. (laughs) Okay, forget that. It's like going to the gym with your brain where no one punches your brain at all. Your brain gets to skip rope and your brain's totally fine and it gets to drink water and gets kisses and hugs and stuff. Um, But when you don't want any confrontation, you don't want to exercise, you don't want to exercise your brain. And that's what Lukianoff was talking about in his book, Freedom From Speech. It's, it's, they want to get away from speech they don't like. A lot of these people don't even think their enemies are wrong. And I remember having this brain when I was a teenager. You go, yeah, that may be true, but why focus on that? It's divisive. And we saw this when James O'Keefe exposed Al Sharpton, <clears throat> exposed, uh, had all the families of Garner, Brown, and, uh, and Trayvon Martin bitching about Sharpton as being a money grubber and an attention whore. Uh, they said it's really divisive what he did recording us like that. So it, we're at the point where it doesn't matter if what you say is true. It matters if what you say has negative effects. And I don't understand what the fuck is so bad about negativity. What is so bad about hate? The Jehovah's Witness uh, view of heaven is this perfect utopia where there's a tiger there and a lion and everyone's friends. And I've brought this up before, but... I asked one of them, what about boxing? Can you box there? And they go, "Mm, not if there's any animosity. It could just be a fun sport. I'm like, that's not boxing. Even when you spar with someone in the ring, you're trying to fucking obliterate that guy. And I don't know how many boxers I've talked to who not only do they hate the fucker in the ring, they don't even like doing the photo ops before the fight. They fucking hate that guy. And that's the only way to win. Now, when they're over it, they're over it. And they can move on with their lives. But they use hate as a tool to make them win. And I noticed this with sex, too. When you're fucking a bitch, you're fucking that fucking filthy, disgusting piece of whore, fucking garbage. You're strangling that cunt. 
And then as soon as you're done, you know, you have some panting and wheezing and you, you get a, your t-shirt off the ground and you're like, who did this to my baby? <laughs> you poor thing was the bad man here. And you're cleaning the cum off her face and you're like, oh my God. And you're holding her. And he's, he's gone, my sweet angel. He's gone. And she's like, thank God. He was a terrible, terrible man. <laughs> and then you just sit there and cower in fear until he comes back. 24 to 48 hours later. Oh, and he's mad. By taking all that evil out of our lives, we're taking our humanity out of our lives. We love, ch well, I shouldn't say me. I don't love choke fucking. I don't love being choked during intercourse. I've tried it. I had a woman tie me up a few times and slap me and I just get mad. But a lot of women, especially New York women, seem to like to get roughed up really bad and just teeter on the edge of what would take you to court. So, Back in my single days, I would go there. I would have gone anywhere. If women were into fucking me wearing high heel shoes, I'd fucking throw them on. I don't care. They're not uncomfortable when you're lying down. But in this fucking quest to eradicate anything that makes us uncomfortable or work us out from cotton twill on an airplane to some fucking brown scientist saying un something uncomfortable, we are taking everything good out of life. Evil is good. Hate is fun. Conflict is invigorating, okay? Fucking uh, uh, Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole, they were asked by, uh, I think it was David Letterman, he goes, you guys are such severe alcoholics and you just keep drinking. Why would you? Why do you think you spent your entire career drowned in booze? And he goes, David, it was for the fucking, it was for the hangovers. And I thought, what a profound thing to say. A big part of alcoholism is just suffering the next day. The pain, the torture. That's part of the whole thing. Like when you sit there drinking water, you're ruining it. It's like choke fucking a girl and going, is that too hard? Am I hurting you? No, you got to go in there. Fucking dive all in. Poison your body with alcohol and wake up and suffer the next day. You can clean the cum off with a t-shirt. How are we doing over there, John? Doing great, man. You're making gestures towards me. No, am I? Well, what was this? I, I wasn't. I wasn't doing. I, I was, saw your hand like no, that. I was just saying hi. I was just uh, touching my face. Oh, we can just for the record. Yeah. During the show, if you want to say hi, we'll do all the hi after the show. Catch up. I can, you know, sign your tits, whatever you want. But okay. During the show, don't say hi to me. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, this millennial issue is a real problem, and uh, I, I, it's getting worse, and it's getting fucking scary. I know a dude named Rat, and he's 22, I think, and he, he's around there, and he's recently told me he's a virgin. Now, here's what's scary about that. He said it like he's a brunette, or he has an ingrown toenail. It was not anything remotely unusual, and he showed not the least bit of shame for that. Now, I'm from kind of an uptight, middle-class suburb of Nerdsville, Canada, called Kanata. Everything in Canada is named Indian names. And being a 17-year-old virgin there was like being a 40-year-old virgin. That's the way it was for my generation. And I went all the way to 17, and my friends sec set up this first fuck with this girl, Big Kimmy, and they said, we're going to beat you up if you don't fuck her. And I was scared which was I'm embarrassed of. I was way too old to be scared. 
And I fucked her, and it was 30 seconds of pure heaven. I got a four-second blowjob that I still beat off to. Uh, I'm 44 now. This was a long time ago. Uh, and then I proceeded to just fucking fuck everything in the world. I fucked so many chicks that, and I highly recommend you do this, because when I walk down the street, I see a fat black chick, a skinny little Asian girl, I see an old hag, I see some sort of barely legal type, I see some divorced mom, Puerto Rican welfare mom with pendulous tits, and I know what it's like to fuck her. And so I don't have this grass is always greener yearning. And if I want to beat off, which I which Tom Shalhoub and I uh, uh, discourage because it makes it takes away your your uh, will to fight. But anyway, if I break down and beat off, I can just pull up that Rolodex, that that mental porn site, and I've got hundreds of women to choose from. That's why from 17 to for dudes, I'm going to say 30, just fuck everything. And yeah, you should fuck eights if you can. You should definitely be seen with eights, okay? But my experience has been you don't beat off about them in later years. You beat off about the fives and the sixes because you could do anything to them. You could sit on their face. You could, um, you, they would put, uh, do stuff that, like put their finger in your bottom. Uh, uh, you'd fuck them like eight or nine times. Over the course of 24 hours, you just stay in bed. Eights, you were on your best behavior, and there's not a lot of fodder there to beat off to. But definitely, uh, you, you know, it's like business. You want to go for the good clients, the Coca-Cola, the Budweiser. You want to get paid. So definitely shoot for eights, but be sure to pepper your resume with a massive blanket of fives and sixes, okay? You want to have some chicken in your curry, but there's a lot of rice there to fill you up. And... The kids today I'm talking to haven't even had any chicken. I met a guy who uh, he's in politics. I'm not going to say his name. He's about 25. He uh, has a lot of millionaire friends who like what he's doing, and he's very successful politically, but he has like he's had a few girlfriends, and he makes love to them when he goes on camping trips. But when he was single, uh, this billionaire dude gave him an apartment overlooking Central Park. And he just uh, accepted it gladly and uh, stayed in New York City. Again, a little bit of autism going on here. Um, and he said to me, I feel like I'm wasting this opportunity, you know? I mean, I have an apartment overlooking Central Park. I'm like, dude, I would have a dead prostitute rolled up in a carpet in that hotel room. I mean, uh, apartment. She'd have a cock, by the way. I'd be very ashamed of that. My asshole would be ripped to smithereens. I wouldn't know what happened there. There'd be seven girls there right now. There'd be a pile of Coke on the table that was so big, you wouldn't even do key bumps or straws or make lines. You just sort of pinch it and go, <laughs> explode it in your nose. And there'd be a thing of heroin. The whole room, I, uh, I wonder if I can tell this story. I know of a famous actor that blew uh, an important pilot on HBO. And the director, I know, I'm not going to say his name, uh, I'm learning not to say names. It's very expensive, Burning Bridges. And I'm going to just make a little bit more money before I go back to Burning Bridges. Uh, he said, I walked in the room, and there was just heroin, Coke, cigarettes, and I just smelled cum everywhere. And that's what that a fucking apartment should have been. We're not saying that's a good lifestyle. I don't want you to choose that as a career. The hang Hangover 2 should not be your life story, but you need that under your belt, especially in your party years. And we're not seeing that with the kids today, and it's bad because 
you take away that kind of hedonism and it, it leads to awkward marriages. Uh, it leads to bad entrepreneurs. If you have party years, you get into fistfights. Business is fistfights. You're fighting for contracts. You're getting shut down. You're getting beaten up by reality. You're losing. So if you don't have violence and sex in your wonder years, you're going to be a fucking shitty adult. Now, if you're a born-again Christian and you found the one and you want to save yourself and you, you feel confident, I'm obviously not going to fuck with that. I don't think people should go to college anymore unless they're taking STEM. But if you are really fucking driven and you want to take German philosophy and you're just consumed with it, and you want to sit with the professor every night and argue about fucking Kant or something, fine. Obviously, I don't want to stand in your way. If you're a woman and you don't want to have kids, you want to focus on your career and you're perfectly happy not having kids, by all means, go bananas. All I'm saying when I posit these theories, these op-ed pieces, is I've seen a lot of unhappy people and I have some ideas on how to fix it. One of them is no science, know your ovaries aren't going to last. And young men, one of them is fucking get shit-faced. 17 to 25, you should be on the verge of death. Don't do heroin, but do everything else. And a few of you should die. You know, there's going to be collateral damage in a war. Out of 100 friends, one or two, if one or two are dead, you know you're doing it right, okay? And ladies, I don't like you throwing away your pussies like they're made of garbage, and I've seen that have adverse effects with your fucking tattoos everywhere and fucking everything that moves. You tend to be miserable. Your, your chastity has a currency. But if you can be discreet... Fucking party your ass too. Party your ass off too. Fuck tons of dudes. You know, be smarter about it than dudes. You have different genitalia. You're, you, when you get HPV, when you get venereal warts, it goes on your cervix, could lead to cancer. A guy just blasts him off his dick with liquid nitrogen. Um, but you have to party too. Now at 25, it's another story. You should start being a little more picky about who you fuck. Yes, John? Do you want to take a call? Yes, let's take a call. I have to link all that millennial talk back to free speech. Plug it in. We have a look. This is fun because we get to see the guy. Oh, I, someone else with cranial dysplasia. Thank you, Rocky Dennis, too. Thank you for hiding your hideous visage. I hide mine with a beard. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hello, person at home. Hey, millennial, you're just the guy I was talking about. Can you hear me? Oh, I can't hear you. I can't hear this guy, dude. There's going to be some technical glitches as we start out. Skype guy, don't get discouraged. Um, we're traveling through the atmosphere at millions of miles per second. Uh, am I definitely plugged in? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're good. It's I'm good. You got your speaker on there, dude? This is actually interesting for the people at home because they're learning about how um, easy technology is to use, how easy it isn't to use. This is just as educational as having a conversation. Uh, while I wait for John to figure that out, the way this millennial, millennial weakness and softification goes back to free speech is if you're brave and you've been laid, you don't let this woman who is 
telling a story about anal sex carry a mattress around without questioning her more, without saying, why didn't you go to the police, without saying, why does our college handle rape cases in the first place? Since when do we have a kangaroo court set up at my school? That's not what I paid for. If you found a rapist, get him off the fucking streets. Arrest him. I heard that now. This is a bad connection, Gavin. So we're going to give up on him? Um, you can try one more time, but like... Okay, can you hear me now, guy at home? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Uh, first okay, of all, uh, what's your name and where are you from? I'm Tim from San Jose. I'm the uh, guy with the philosophical question. But I had a theory oh. about um, your ideas on millennials and hearing about them not having sex and all of that. Uh-huh. And uh, it's that in the West, there's a lot of uh, Christianity. And I think in general, um, instead of uh, maybe focusing on positives to do with uh, Christianity, like loving God and uh, working for good things, a lot of people uh, have focused on just fear of sin or bad things or evil. And sometimes sex gets lumped into that. That is a, that's uh, a, so that's that's a terrible, a, uh, terrible theory. Idea. That's a really bad idea. Uh, Christianity was way more prevalent back in the 50s and 60s. Back in the, even in the 70s, it was way more dogmatic. You had the Lord's Prayer every morning. There's way more people who, you know, everyone's dad went to Catholic school, even non-Catholics. They got the fucking ruler on the wrist. They thought they were going to hell when they masturbated. Those guys did the sexual revolution. Those repressed Catholics, that baby boomer generation, fucked way more than millennials. Now atheism is cool. It's awesome to hate God. And Christianity is uncool. So uh, you can't pin the lack of pussy on Christianity. Uh, uh, yes, America is still mostly Christian, but, uh, you know, China is still mostly Buddhist and Taoist. That, that doesn't mean that it's affecting the culture. I would say Christianity's never affected the culture less. Now, I thought you were going to say it was porn and guys can just beat off. That's a better theory. Uh, I think an even better theory is that there's so much stigma, especially in college, around fucking a girl wrong and it ruining your life uh, that you just think, fuck it, I'll just beat off and not have to worry about being list, you know, listed as a sex offender for the rest of my life. But yeah, the idea of sin ruining sex... I would argue sometimes it fucking makes sex better. In fact, I don't like people denying that homosexuality is a sin because I have a funny feeling gays like that. Makes it saucy. And what's better than saucy sex, like in the closet at a party? Shut up, shut up, shh. That's better than, you know, wedding night sex where you're supposed to enjoy making love. It's like drinking on New Year's Eve. You want to do it when you're not supposed to. Whoa! Just spilled a very sugary drink on my computer. Okay, so that's the end of that. Sorry, buddy. Yep. Bad theory. But uh, I, don't, I can't hang up now because I spilled the Red Bull on my fucking thing. There we go. I got it. Oh, good. It's not my computer. That's a very sugary drink. And I once pissed on my keyboard when I was drunk. And piss is almost as sugary as Red Bull, especially when you've been drinking Maker's Mark. That will fuck your keyboard up. Sorry about that. Um... So, yeah, I, I think that uh, all of these things seem irrelevant. Pajamas at the airport, uh, ridiculous laws about sex. 
but they all end up having serious repercussions down the line. And you could even see this with Islam. When, you know, Jim Goad said to me, liberals have tried to affect your fucking life. Uh, Muslims haven't done anything to your life. Yeah, but the two are not mutually exclusive. All this hatred of machismo and patriotism has made uh, a culture where we don't want to be Americans or North Americans. I'm an immigrant. Um, and if you look at the MLK march when it happened originally in the 60s, whenever it was, everyone had a fucking American flag. And you look at it today, or when it happened a couple weeks ago, same people at the front, not one fucking American flag. And as an immigrant who came here and go, this place is great. You should have some flags around. You guys are doing a great job. They go, oh, no, we're horrible. We killed all the Indians. And this country was built on slavery. Really, weren't the Indians killing each other when we got here? And didn't we fight them for 400 years? And slavery built a lot of America, but wasn't the balance sheet back to zero after the Civil War? Didn't America start from scratch post-slavery? So no one could take credit for anything after the Civil War because that was all done together, was it not? Am I missing something here? When you shit on patriotism like that and when you shit on machismo, you don't just have beta males who don't get laid. You also enable terrorists. And if you look at every attack in the West, past 10 biggies in London, Canada, um, the guys getting beheaded in the Middle East even, those were all Westerners radicalized here. And they were radicalized because it's way cooler to be an anti-American terrorist talking about Israelis oppressing Palestinians. That is way hipper than saying, we uh, weren't perfect, uh, but, you know, we didn't start slavery. We abolished it. And I'm pretty happy with the way things are. But, you know, pretty good. Pretty good about America and with the West in general. I'm going to actually go on a limb here and say the West is the best. Best culture there is. And the third world, uh, not only is it uh, a terrible place to be, but even the culture sucks. Um, Central Americans see handicapped people as unloved by God and are ashamed of them. Uh, Chinese people think that fucking <laughs> a bear's eyeball is makes you better at seeing and are happy to make them an endangered species. I mean, it, it, that's the irony about all this multiculturalism. You can only say the good things about other cultures. You can't talk about Africans beheading uh, albinos because their blood is magic. No, you just have to talk about how the family is a fluid unit and everyone is a mom or a dad or an aunt or an uncle or a cousin. And yeah, that does sound cool, but you got to take the crunchy with the smooth, I suppose. And that's been the, the purpose of this Chromags free show today. Um, the crunchy is just as good as the smooth, okay? Uncomfortable positions are healthy for you. If they're so stupid, let them rot on the vine. If someone wants to deny the Holocaust, expose them. Let's make them look like fools. If someone says that all the blacks should go back to Africa, give them a pulpit. Let them be ridiculed. If they're so dumb, then let's mock them, you know? Islam is the culture that doesn't allow mockery or humor or an open discussion. Islam is the culture that's stoning women to death and throwing gays off buildings. That's not our culture. Our culture is open. We like conflict. We endure suffering. We fucking get our hands dirty, okay? So don't try to get people like Razib Khan fired because you don't like people he's associated with before. Meet him. Debate him. Let's get to the bottom of it because I promise you, when we get to the bottom of everything, 
everyone will be better off. And I'd like to end this with a Jefferson quote that I constantly repeat. There is not a truth existing which I fear or would want unknown to the whole world. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bienvenue, mes amis, au Québec, Canada. Je me souviens mon tabernacle de calice puis sus ma graine sale. Et bon voyage. What's that sound at the end?